following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. How's everybody feeling on Sunday? You feeling good? That was pretty impressive, I'm not going to lie. I didn't expect that much pep, but that was... Have you already had coffee? Raise your hand if you've already had coffee this morning. Well, that's probably the reason why. How many of you had, um, let's see, how many of you had a Red Bull or a Monster or something already? Let's see, don't lie, raise your hand. We got several people, yeah, hey, you stayed up too late watching the Horns win last night, that's okay, that's okay. I did too, and um, I'm not going to lie, there might have been a little uh, victory march in my house last night, just kind of walked around, the kids were asleep with the pillow, you know, I didn't really do that, but I thought about it. Um, I'm afraid my wife would look at me like, bro, we got to get you out of here. Something's wrong with you. So we didn't do that, but we did cheer loud for our Longhorns, and uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun last night. But, hey, as you know, many of you um, have heard us talk about a trip that, that we took our team on just a couple weeks ago, really. And we went to Africa, and in July, our church had a, a Dream Sunday where... We sponsored over 200 children in Rwanda to be able to to have the opportunity to go to school. Yeah. And it was was a beautiful Sunday, y'all. And so we took um, a team of 12 people this last uh, two weeks ago or whatever over there, and we had an amazing time. I'm telling you. We felt your prayers. We know that, um, that you were with us, that you were sending up prayers. And I, I promised you that we would show you pictures or a video. And so I want to give you just a quick recap video here of our time in Rwanda. Check this out. We had a rock, paper, scissors tournament, y'all. It was one for the books. It was amazing. We taught them how to play rock, paper, scissors. They got the hang of it. We had a party. We had cake and Fanta and bananas, which I've never seen so many bananas in my life, but there was a lot of them. Uh, the, The last clip that you saw there of the kids sitting in chairs, that was really half of the kids that our church sponsored. The, one of the last days we were there, we got to have a party with all of the kids. You saw them in that field where they were swinging a bat. Y'all, they, we had to teach them how to play baseball. 
Soccer is their sport, and they know how to kick a soccer ball, let me tell you. Four-year-old just schooling you, you're like, oh, what just happened to me? But we had footballs out there too, and they would put them on the ground and kick them. We we're like, no, you got to pick it up and throw it. And they're, oh, they got it. But it was, it was amazing. So thank you for all of your, your thoughts and your prayers. Um, I hope that you came to be encouraged today. Did anybody come to be encouraged? Because I've got an encouraging word. In fact, um, third service today, we're going to dedicate about 30 babies. And I had prepared to speak about family. I was ready to go. And then Thursday morning, I just felt a little check in my spirit that I needed to, to save that for some other time. And so uh, we're, we're going in a completely different, encouraging direction today. And so if, you, if you've come to be encouraged, um, you're in the right place today because we're going to look at a pivotal moment in the lives of two individuals by the name of Moses and Joshua. And so speaking of encouragement, open up your Bibles or you can follow along on our screens here to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 34. Are you ready? Here's your word of encouragement. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died. Are you encouraged? You feel better? You feel good? You ready to leave? Like, yeah, that's amazing. Moses died. Okay, cool. Thanks. Well, um, if you were a part of the children of Israel, this was not so encouraging in the moment. In fact, this was really bad news. If you'll rewind a little bit in history, you'll remember that, that they were enslaved in Egypt. And who was it that led them out? Moses. <laughs> and now Moses is dead. And then, then we continue in the story a little bit, if you will. Um, so they've been freed, right? And now... They're standing on the banks of the Red Sea with that same army following them. And who was it that, that stuck his staff and his rod out, right, and, and the, the Red Sea part? Who was Moses. And now Moses. Are you getting the picture? Are you encouraged today? Moses is dead. Uh-oh. And when you were thirsty and needed something to drink, standing at the bitter waters of Marah, who, who was it that, that the Lord used to make them sweet? <laughs> You're getting the picture. Moses. Moses was, was kind of a big deal when you were hungry. Who called down manna from heaven? And now Moses is dead. Oh, cool, I'm, this is amazing. I feel so much better about my life and about myself. And now, um, after escaping Egypt and after wandering through the wilderness in pursuit of this land that, that was promised to them, really within sight and on, on the threshold of what God had promised them, Moses is dead. And then this, this left the two million plus people to ponder this question, Moses is dead, hmm. now what? Like, that's great, I, I mean, we were, it was amazing, I know there were wilderness moments, but, 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 but what do we do now? We, we just can't, are we going to stay here, what's going to happen, oh man, Moses is, is dead, now what? And guess who's in line to take the spot of Moses. Yeah, you guessed it, Joshua. And Joshua, 
He's always been in the shadow of Moses. He's been the assistant to Moses. Let me break it down to where some of you might really understand this. Uh, Joshua has always been the assistant to the regional manager. Dwight Schrute style for all of you office fans. Some of you just got that. He's, He's a normal guy like me and like you. And so knowing of his normalcy... Can I tell you what what was probably going on in his mind? You ready? Okay. No, 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 not, no, no. Me? Lord. Q-tip. Are you kidding, Lord? That ain't real. No, 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 no. Fake news. What? I can't fill his shoes. He's the goat, the greatest of all time. People are tweeting about him, hashtagging about him. He's there. He parted the Red Sea. I can't part my own hair. This, no, 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 no. This is not, no, no. Me, me, me. Really? Hang on. <clears throat> Surely. Let me, let me make sure, Lord. I want to ask you one more time. Josephina, that's who you wanted to lead. We got a Josephina right here. She's great. She's amazing. No, 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 not Josephina. Um, Josiah, I heard wrong. Josiah, where are you? Bring me Josiah up. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Me. Have you ever had one of those moments? We're like, are you serious, God? Surely you're not talking to me. Do you know me? Of course you know me. You created me. But are you losing your marbles right now? What's the deal? Not me? And this is where Joshua was. I read a story recently of a, of a professional consultant whose job it was to really give career advice and life advice to um, just extremely just high-profile people, athletes, if you will, uh, high-profile businessmen and women. And, and they asked this, listen, if you, if you didn't have like three weeks with everybody to help coach them, if you had one piece of advice for people to fulfill everything that they're supposed to fill in life and, and perform at their greatest, what would that piece of advice be? And he said this, the number one piece of advice that I would give them is to answer this question. Who are you? Who are you? And he explained it this way, that back in the day, uh, uh, many people had adjectives that would go and be attached with their name. For instance, Alexander the? Good. And, And a memorable character from our childhood that shaped the way that we live and we dream and we breathe. Winnie the? Winnie the Pooh. And he said one of the most important things that any one individual can do if you're going to live out the potential that is on the inside of you is to answer the question that goes in that blank. Brad the, John the, Mary, whatever that is about you, the thing that defines you, the, the very word that you would say your life has been lived by. 
What word is it? And this is, this is a really, 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 really important issue because what you think that goes in that blank plays a massive role in determining whether or not you will ever possess the land that stands before you. What you think goes in that blank is huge because there is a, a massive difference in thinking, hi, my name's John, the capable CEO of this company, and walking into work, than there is being, hi, my name's John, and I've run two companies in the ground within the last three years, and chances are really good that I'm about to run this one into the ground too. Because what you think about yourself is massive. What you think about who you are plays a huge role in what you will actually live out in your life. And this is the position that Joshua finds himself in. And it's going to impact everything about his attitude and his performance and how he responds to this question will determine a lot about his destiny, as it will for you. But he does, he does what I would do. Maybe not you, because you're probably more spiritual, but, but he does what, what I would do in this moment and what, what really many of us do when, when life and God presents opportunities that have the ability to affect our future. What does he do? He begins to focus not on who he is, but he focuses on who he is not. Right, And this is what we do when we're standing at the threshold of opportunity. We start focusing on the fact, I'm not Moses. I'm not, I'm not this great leader. I'm the assistant to the regional manager. I'm not a phenomenal leader. I don't give orders. I take orders and I carry them out. I'm not a miracle worker. I mean, sure, I've been in the room when things have happened. But, but me, no, I've just kind of always been on the outskirts. I'm not a military general. I'm not really that smart. I'm not old enough and I'm not spiritual enough. And so here we are, right, standing on the edge of a breakthrough, standing on the threshold of opportunity. Instead of walking through the door that God has opened for us, we stand at the door. You've already knocked at the door. The door is already open, but we're standing there thinking, well, I'm not really sure this is for me. I don't really, I'm not good enough. I, I really shouldn't have this opportunity. I really shouldn't be able to walk in. No, no, no. They're more inclined to, to deal with this better. And God is saying, listen, if I've opened the door for you, it's time for you to walk through and walk into everything. And I have a feeling that many of us, if we were to, to be transparent and answer that question of who you are, how would you define yourself, what would be that word? That we wouldn't really know what to put in that blank. We would, we would stumble around for a few, well, I mean, I'm a, I'm a list of pros and cons. and <laughs> I mean, yeah. And if you did come up with something, your first gut instinct would be something negative, right? Because we sp this is how you and I operate if we're not careful. We spend more time focusing on who we are not and what we're not capable of than who we really are. You're, you're too busy focusing on the negatives and, and why your job's not going to work, why you're not the one for the raise, why you're not the one for the promotion, why your marriage isn't going to... Stop thinking about all that junk and start thinking about what could happen if you were the person. 
right? Because what you think goes in the blank affects your attitude and how you're going to perform. And as long as this is true, as long as all you can do is see yourself as what you are not, then you will always find yourself standing on the edge of what you're supposed to possess. Instead of living out your potential and what God has placed inside of you, you're going to stand there with potential inside. You know what? Potential is a good thing for a little while. But if you're 85 years old and you're saying, man, I got a lot of potential. Come on, by that time, we got to be walking into that potential and walking out everything that God has placed in our lives. And not knowing who we are comes with some major side effects. And I want to share them with you today. When you don't know who you are, what is one of the very first things that you start to do? You compare. You start to rank yourself next to Susie and Johnny. Well, look at their kids. Honey, do you see the way that he holds her hand? You come over here, you hold my hand. Look at the car that they drive. Look at the, the house. Look at, look at what they have. And all you can see, it won't be long, is, is all you can see is how you don't measure up to everybody else around you. We start to compare. And when you compare and you feel like you don't measure up to others, what do we start to do? You start to compensate for that area of your life. Because when you feel like you're lacking in one area... Right? This is human nature. We, we start to try to perform so high in another area so that it will overshadow the area that we don't feel like we're, we're competent enough in. It's why in moments like this, people become so much more willing to compromise morals and values in order to feel better about certain areas of their life where they feel like they're lacking. It's why prescription drug addiction and alcoholism are running rampant in our society today because we're trying to feel better about areas of our life where we don't feel like we measure up and why we care and why we're good enough. So the third negative side effect of not knowing who you are is that after we compare and we compensate, we cower. Right? When you realize and you, and you start to believe that you don't measure up and you, 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 you've tried to compensate with other things to make you feel better about your life, the things that you don't have, then guess what? Your insecurities start to show. And now you don't believe that you're good enough. And so now, just believe, not just believing it, now you're walking it out. Nobody loves me. God don't love me. My mama don't love me. This is, this is what we do if we don't know how to fill in that blank. If you, if you don't know who you are, you've got to be careful because it's so easy to fall into this trap. And I've got to tell you, so many of us are standing on the threshold of possibility in the lands that God has promised you. But you're so scared to walk through that door well, but, but, but if, I, if I go through it, what happens if it doesn't work and everybody looks at me and thinks, well, he's an idiot? Here's what happens. They think you're an idiot. That's it. <laughs> That's it. 
What happens if I step through and, and, and God doesn't come through? Can I tell you he's going to come through because he always comes through. It may not look like you think it's going to look, but I'm telling you, let him do his job. All you got to do is have faith and God will take care of the rest. Can I tell you that, that the possibility of what could be has got to be greater than your fear of failure. If you're so worried about failure, you're going to be standing on the edge of what God has promised you for a long time. And you know what? There's nothing worse. Are you ready? This happened to me on a flight. There's nothing worse. We were on a long flight. And first class was right in front of me. I was sitting, Cassidy and I were on the flight. We were sitting on the row directly behind first class. And that's cool. That's great. I mean, woo, we had the extra leg room there, you know, bulkhead seat. It was amazing. Until I saw what was up there. The flight attendant comes by and closes the curtain. I was like, no, ma'am, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> up there is a bed they stretching out in. Ooh, they got their own slippers. I need some slippers, y'all. Come on. Can I get slippers back here? Come on, can I tell you, there's nothing worse than being able to see it, but not being able to walk into it. And if all you do is worried about who you are not and what you don't have, you're going to be sitting in the bulkhead the rest of your life when God intended for you to ride first class. First service didn't get that. But God knew. This is, this is what I love about the God that we serve, is that he knew exactly how Joshua was feeling. And you know what he does? This is my favorite part of the whole message. He gives him this halftime pep talk, high-fiving like speech. It's amazing. T tell me if you can't picture this. I'm going to read this scripture, and I want you to see if this is not in like a locker room speech that a coach would give at halftime. Okay, are you ready? Joshua chapter 1. The Lord speaking to Joshua. Hey, Joshua, be strong and courageous. For you, Joshua, not Josiah, I'm talking to you, Joshua. You are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land that I swore to their ancestors that I would give them. Hey, 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 Joshua, be strong and very courageous. But I need you to be careful to obey all the instructions that Moses gave you. He was an amazing man of God. Don't deviate from them. Turning to the right or to the left, then you will be successful in everything you do. Study the book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night to be sure that you will do everything that you're supposed to. Watch. This is my command, Joshua. Be strong. <laughs> Yeah, be strong, Joshua, and courageous. Do not be afraid, Joshua, or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Can't you picture that, right? Like that is an amazing halftime. If you're a coach, just walk in at halftime and just open up the word of God. A, your team would be like, what in the world? And B, they'd be so encouraged they wouldn't know what to do with themselves. That's going to get you a victory your next, your next game. I don't know if it will or not. They have to be good players. But you would be a great coach if you did that. Can I show you how my mind works? Like, I'm weird sometimes, so i got to play it out a little bit. Pastor Philip, will you join me for a moment? High five. Good work. So we're going to do, here's what we're going to do. 
you're going to be Joshua. Okay. Is that cool? Yeah. And I'm going to be God. <laughs> just for a moment. Just, just for a moment. And I'm going to give you the speech, right, that, that I feel like the way that perhaps the Lord would have delivered it to Joshua. Y'all ready? ready? All right, here we go. Joshua! Not, not Joshy Poo, not Josiah. Uh, no, no, no. I'm talking to you, Joshua. Hey, listen. I realize that in the first half, it, it, was, a, it was a pretty good half. We've come through some good stuff. The opponent is pretty, pretty legit. Uh, but right there at the end of the second quarter, jo- I know you saw it, man. Our starting quarterback is injured. He's on IR. He's not come back for a long time. That's Moses. And you, Joshua, are the man for the job. You? Yes, you, Joshua. You, you are the man. Now, now, Joshua, before you start, let me just talk to you for a second because I know that you've got some, some issues with this right now. I, I know that the enemy seems great. The team that we're playing is pretty amazing, and I know you might be a little intimidated to step into this role that I, is now designed for you. It's for you. And so what I need you to do, Joshua, I need you, yeah, you've been working out, that's impressive. (laughs) I need you to be strong and to be courageous. And once again, listen, I know you don't think you're good enough because you haven't had a lot of game time experience, but here's what I know about you. See, I've been watching you in the film room and you've been in the quarterback room and it hasn't been all about you, but you've been doing the preparation. You've been doing everything behind the scenes. And so what I want you to know is that the starting quarterback is out and now you're in. But this time, listen, I know I told you all ago to be strong and courageous, but I don't really even feel that that's appropriate anymore because this time I'm going to tell you this. I need you to go out there and be strong and be very courageous this time. Can you think you can do that? I know the enemy's great. I know you're, I know you're consumed with what you are not, but I need you to let me speak to who you can be. Can I tell you who you can be? Are you ready? Are you ready? Can you think you can do it? Because when I tell you this third time, you know what? It's not even you should be strong and courageous. You ought to be if you want to win, that you ought to be strong. No, no, no. In fact, now, Joshua, when you walk out of this locker room and step on the field, this is a command, Joshua. You will walk out and be strong and courageous. Are you ready, Joshua? Do you think you can do this? Thank you. See, this is... This is how my brain works. I'm sorry. Three times. Be strong and be courageous. And so in essence, what what he's telling Joshua is this. Joshua, you're not, you're not Joshua the scared. You're not Joshua the timid. You're not Joshua the weak. You're not Joshua the incapable. No, no, no. You are Joshua. The one that is chosen by me. And if I have chosen you, you are strong and to be very courageous when you walk out of here. And there's some of you that need to walk out of here today and walk into your families and walk into your homes and know that you are strong and courageous. I know you don't feel capable. I know you don't feel good enough, but I got news for you. 
it doesn't matter really. <laughs> because can I tell you what, what God promised him last? Are you ready? This is the most beautiful part of it all. He said, Joshua, be strong and courageous <laughs> because I'm with you. Joshua, don't walk out of here and be strong and courageous because you're the best quarterback in the world. That ain't true. But you walk out of here and be strong and courageous because I got your back. So when you walk out of here, you go lead this team. You go lead your family. You go lead your, your company like you know who's got your back, that you're not alone, that you will never be left. You will never be forsaken. But I am the Lord God, and I will be with you wherever you go. Hey, let me show you. You need to get this passage of scripture in your arsenal. This needs to be something that you say every single day of your life. Psalm 139, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there... Your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in the darkness, I cannot hide from you. I've got good news for you today. I don't know what you're walking into when you leave here, but I know you're not walking into it by yourself. And I got more good news for you, Joshua. I know you were, you, were, you were spending a lot of time thinking about what you are not and how incapable you are, and you were spending your time thinking about how amazing Moses was in the Red Sea and coming out of Egypt and the waters at Marah and the waters out of the rock and manna from heaven, and, and Moses did amazing things. But, 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 time out. Are you ready, Josh? Here's the best part about it. You're spending all your time thinking about that. You know who was behind all of that? It was me. I was using Moses to do all of that stuff. And guess what? The same God that was behind Moses is the same God that's going to be with you when you lead these people. Because I will be with you wherever you go. Come on, have confidence today that he's with you. And whatever it is that you're walking into, whatever it is, the land that you're supposed to possess, you don't go alone. You don't go in your own strength. You don't go in your own abilities, in your own talent. You go walking hand in hand with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And if he is with me, I got good news for somebody today. Who God is, is more than enough for who you are. Who God is is more than enough for who you are. Let's rewind a little bit. We talked a lot about Joshua, but I want to go back to Moses for a moment. No doubt that Moses was an incredible man of God and did amazing things throughout the course of history. But I want to draw your attention to a passage of Scripture that, that happened right after the burning bush experience where he's reminded, listen, take your shoes off for the ground you're standing on is holy ground. And, and Moses is given one more curious command. That's found in Exodus chapter 4. 
Then the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand, Moses? It's a staff, he replied. The Lord said, Throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake, and he ran from it. I would do the same thing. And then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So that's exactly what Moses did. He took hold of the snake and it turned back into a staff in his hand. A shepherd's staff was about a six foot long wooden rod that was cured at one end. And it it functioned as a walking stick, functioned as a weapon, a prod that was used to guide the flock during the day. And here's what shepherds would have never done. They would have never left home without their shepherd's staff. It was something that was, that was with them wherever they went. The staff symbolized a form of security for him, if you will. Identity, if you will. It offered physical security from wild animals. It provided financial security because his sheep were his financial portfolio. It was a form of relational security because Moses worked for his father-in-law. And so this this shepherd's staff was more than just a form of security. It was the thing that, that he used so often in life. It was a part of his identity. It was part of who he was. When Moses looked in the mirror... He saw Moses the shepherd. And even Moses, y'all, this is the beautiful part about it. Even Moses was scared and intimidated to walk into what God was calling him to do. He asked the Lord, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out? And you know what God told him? The same thing that he would later tell Joshua. And the same thing that he would tell you today, I will be with you. (laughs) I'll be with you. Listen, it doesn't matter who you are because who I am is more than enough for who you are and, and I will be with you. So I got a question for you today. Would you stand as I ask this question? What would happen? What, what would have happened if Moses would have refused to lay down his shepherd's staff in that moment at the command of God. And I don't pretend to have a, I I can't back this up biblically, but this is my mind, okay? What if? Could it be that if he would have refused to lay down the thing that brought him security, the thing that had become a part of his identity, the thing that that he had used to define his life by, the thing that had filled the blank in under his name, what would have happened if he would have refused to lay it down? Could it be that God would never have used him to perform all the beautiful, amazing miracles that Moses would go on to be a part of? I'm not sure, but, but it makes me wonder. And so I ask you that question today. I don't know what it is for you that has been identifying your life, the thing that that you filled in the blank with, that you get your identity from, that you get your strength from, that when you look in the mirror, that's the only thing that you believe about you. 
and I don't want you to forfeit everything that God has in store for you if you're not willing to lay it down. And so I don't know what the negative thoughts, I don't know what the negative talk, I don't know if it was something you heard from a mom or a dad 20 years ago or something a boss keeps telling you. I don't know if it's from a friend, if it's from a husband or from a wife, but, but the word that you've been using to define your life, can I tell you that God's got so much in store for you if you will lay that down and you will pick something. Listen, he's never gonna ask you to lay something down if he doesn't fill in the blank for you. And I've just come to tell you today that you're better than you think you are. You're stronger than you think you are. You're more courageous than you think you are. God's got your back and it doesn't matter if you lack on the talent chart. You've got a God that is with you. But my question is, will you lay down that old descriptor and pick up strong and courageous? Because guess what? Today, it's not strong and courageous. It's not strong and very courageous. It's a command. When you walk out of here today, I will be strong and courageous. I will throw my shoulders back and my head held high when I walk into work tomorrow. When I walk into my family, I know that I am strong and courageous. Not because of me. No. But because the one I serve will be with me. So why don't we do this? As I have been preaching, I know the way God works and he drops those descriptors into our minds, the things that you've been believing about yourself. And it's going to be my prayer that you would lay that down right now. Once and for all, that when you walk out of here, you're not thinking about that anymore. That's not what defines your life. But you're going to walk out of here knowing who you are. You're going to replace that with something so much more encouraging that you are strong and courageous because God is with you. So Lord, right now, God, I know as human beings that there's a lot of negative self-talk that goes on in our world. And there's a lot of things that people speak into our lives that we believe is truth. And so right now, God, I pray that I don't know if, it was, if it's coming from the past, but I pray that whatever those voices are that we listen to, that we would lay it down right now. Because you believe more about us than we could ever begin to believe about ourselves. And if you believe enough in me to walk out and be strong and courageous, then I receive it today. To walk into this land of promise, knowing that I'm the man and the woman for the job. That I can do everything that you've called me to do. Bless my friends today, Lord. Let them walk out with a new boldness a new strength, and a new courage. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen. amen. As you leave, listen, I want you to understand this. As we walk out here, listen, Moses is dead. Now what, right? <laughs> Moses had an anointing on his life to help people survive the bleak terrain desert. He led them through the wilderness. But on the precipice, of the promised land, Moses is dead. Now what, here's, here's now what, are you ready? Joshua, a new leader, would take over and Joshua had a new anointing. His anointing wasn't to wander through the wilderness. Joshua's anointing was to be a fighter, to be a warrior and to be a professor, a possessor, not a professor, of the promises of God. 
And so that's what I want for you today. I want you to walk out of here knowing that your anointing is not to wonder. You've been wondering long enough. Today, today you start possessing the things that God has called you to. You walk out of here knowing you're strong and courageous with a new anointing. And you will possess it. Lord, thank you for our time together. I thank you for this amazing group of people. Bless us today. Bless us on our way home. Bless us this Sunday afternoon as we spend time with our families and bring us back real soon on Wednesday night. We love you, Lord, and you get all the glory for it's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being in church today. We'll see you on Wednesday night.